Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. All right, welcome back to Brooko Mode for episode 25. I'm joined by Reese Pryor. Hello. Thanks for coming on. So you've got... National medals for cross-country, just give a bit of an introduction to Reese. she's a para-athlete, she's got national medals in cross-country, bronze in the long jump, she's got a few WA records, and just recently bronze at Commonwealth Games, but before we get into all your athletics, I would like to know a little bit more about your journey with cerebral palsy, so I won't tell your story for you, but born 11 weeks premature, and then diagnosed at age four, what was your first memory being aware of having cerebral palsy in how did that make you feel honestly like I don't know I don't I don't remember like my first like like remembering like when I had it but I would say I guess during school that was probably like when I noticed it the most like becoming more fatigued quicker like from like other kids and stuff I guess when you're around kids who aren't disabled you notice things and like that would I guess be first sort of thing but obviously growing up with a twin sister who also has cerebral palsy it was just the normal for me so I never really noticed that I like obviously I knew that I had a disability but became more aware of it definitely during throughout primary school but it's just something I've grown up with so yeah pretty used to it. Has the label of cerebral palsy and disability did that make schooling hard being different from other people I guess I guess so but everyone just wants to know more I guess so it's the questions that come along with having a disability and like being I guess not different but having like a limp or having to use I never had to use AFOs or crutches or anything but having a walkade like people ask questions and so nothing really super challenging through primary school or high school but Definitely just this little differences that people would question. With having cerebral palsy, were you ever at times sort of angry about it, that you, you had had this and you weren't like other kids? Yeah. Uh, not 
Yeah, there's some parts where I'm just like, oh, it would just be so much easier if I didn't have cerebral palsy. Especially, like, I'm very grateful that mine is very mild. Like, it doesn't affect me as much, but obviously it still affects me, my day-to-day life. So sometimes it's like, I wish I could just do this. It would be so much easier. It would be so much quicker. Like, you have to take the long route of some things and, like, I guess that would be... Sometimes it just gets a bit frustrating when you can't do it, especially coordination-wise. Like, when I'm doing something like that and it takes me a little bit longer to process things, it's just a bit frustrating and it can be tiring and exhausting. But I wouldn't say I'm angry. I'm, I'm very proud of my disability. I'm proud to be disabled. But, yeah. So what are some of the day-to-day, like, activities that you struggle with that we wouldn't be aware of even like just like for like the first one like walking walking is so like exhausting especially walking like long distances like my muscles get tight they're so they fatigue quicker but the big thing is definitely the tightness of my muscles like constantly like I wake up and my back is tight so it causes shoulder pain or back pain or like my like my like I'm it's always quite painful sometimes some days better than others but yeah, just, like, tight muscles, even just, like, tasks, like, like just, like, balancing or, like, putting, grabbing something from a shelf, like, and having to balance on one leg or something. Like, it's just, like, little things. But, yeah, the biggest thing is, like, the tightness of the muscles because then it, like, causes muscle cramps, which are quite painful. But, yeah, mostly muscle tightness. Yeah. yeah. Do you do have to do a lot of stretching and stuff? Like yeah. So I, like, stretch daily basis, like, every day um but then also with training I do lots of mobility and like stretching to make sure my muscles are warm and like reducing that tightness so yeah it's yeah Yeah. touching back on the gratefulness piece obviously you know it's inspiring to hear that you look at it like and you use your sister Emily to help inspire you how is having her along with it and I know you're both going on a, obviously a slightly different journey, but you're both going through it together. How has that sort of helped you? Yeah, well, we're both very different and like both very different pathways, but having her by my side has been awesome. Like, very, like, we obviously have very different experiences with both having cerebral palsy, but we both go to appointments together. Like, we both, we, when we were younger, we'd do like physio together. And so it was like good to like push each other to do the, the best we can, motivate each other. But it's good to, like, have someone that you know very well, obviously, because she's my twin sister, but know that we're doing a similar, like, experience and something that we both have to live with together. So it's good to have someone who understands exactly what your, like, what your pain is like and what all that sort of stuff is like. Yeah. And obviously you have your sister, but you've got such a great family. How has having, like, such a loving and supporting family helped you on your journey? Well, yeah, Definitely. They're the most supportive people in my life, so it's been awesome having them. And then they're just, like, they're always there to help. They're always here to help if I need it. Like, anything you can ask for, I can count on my siblings to help me with. So, and, like, my parents, obviously, they do anything to help me, like, just with anything, really. So, like, obviously, it's been so much easier with a supportive family and people who can help you. And, like, if I was doing this experience alone which obviously I'm not it would be much more like harder because I, you can't do it by yourself obviously it's a very individual process growing up with a disability but having that support circle around you 
is and like having someone to lean on is like it's beneficial you you need to have it so yeah so it's great to hear that so JP was telling me that you played footy for quite a while so when did you start that I started at like the first year of Auskick I played with the boys for a first few seasons because they didn't have a girls team when I first started but I loved playing footy I don't know I just loved the roughness and like tackling and all that sort of stuff but yeah I started in Auskick and then I played up until last year, so. Oh, yeah, so yeah. you still played for quite a while. Yeah. So did you stop playing cause it, because of the cerebral palsy? No, I stopped playing because athletics. I just, that was what I wanted to do. And, like, I had started to get a bit of sore knees from, I think it was mostly running on the grass and, like, the change of direction stuff. But I had the opportunity to do go further in athletics, so I just... Decided if I want to come back to footy, I can. But athletics was the way to go for the start. Yeah. So you started athletics at age 12. So how did you get started with that? Uh, it's actually quite a funny story. I just like my mum, rock, we rocked up to athletics. Like it was, I think it was state championships. And my mum was like, you're racing. Like she just gave me the singlet and the bib and she was like, like you're just going to have a go. And then... So yeah, I did my first race and it was like, I was really nervous at the start and I was like, I don't want to do this at all. Like, I don't want to. And then I finished the week and I was like, I had so much fun. So I definitely enjoyed the experience as much as I disliked my mum for putting me in the event. I am very grateful that she signed me up for it. But yeah, I was. So when you started, I'm not too sure, like, how much in a speed wise it affects you? So, we, did you start with the able? So, my first event was it wasn't actually a power race. So, obviously, I had some like fast people like Rhiannon Clark and Ella Party. So, they're quite quick. So, and I have obviously never done athletics before. So, I was pretty slow. So, I was behind them, but I raced with other para athletes. But like during the seasons, we raced with able bodies, and like it's just like your time is in different heats. But at, like, state championships and nationals, we race with other paras, which is, like, awesome experience because I get to race with people who have similar disabilities to me and, like, similar times. Yeah. Yeah. So how how big a difference is there in the times? And, like, you do long jump as well and yeah. you've done cross country. How big a difference? I know you're in the, the T38 class. Yeah. So how big a difference is there between you and the able body? Okay, so, like, obviously they don't have a disability, so it doesn't affect them. So, like, most, I would say, my age group, they're running a, like, I wouldn't, I don't know how far, like, they're running, like, I would say, like, maybe 12 or 13 seconds, like, and I am running, like, 15. So it's, like, a couple of seconds in between. I would love to move my time up to 14, but we'll see. And then for, like, jumping as well, they're jumping, like, six metres, and I'm only jumping three closer to four meters so there is like a bit of a like difference but obviously that's understandable but there is a difference between able and para but that's just what it is what drives you to get the most out of yourself with your athletics Uh, i think like obviously the result and like meddling is a bonus like that is an awesome feeling like knowing that you've won or like you've got a medal and but I think for me, what drives me to just like do my best is getting like the representation of para athletes out there. So 
knowing that I could help another kid with a disability come into a sport and feel included is like what like I strive for. So I want to let other kids know that it's okay to have a disability and yeah, but you can still participate in sport. Like nothing can stop you. So I guess that's what I that's what I strive for and that's what I want to do even if I can like represent Australia again. That's that's the goal. I want to be able to let other kids know know that you're not the only disabled kid like you're who you are and it doesn't matter if you have a disability you're still able to participate in sport like there's no there's no rules there's no stopping you like you shouldn't have to sit behind the screen and watch because you're disabled like you can participate you can do your best yeah it's really inspiring so is that just a really powerful feeling because you're not just doing it for yourself you're doing it for other people and and I know that the people who do live like that like you trying like inspiring for other people it's just so much more motivating than just you doing it for yourself yeah like obviously parts of it I want to achieve and I obviously put in the training so I want to do well too but knowing that you have that little tiny bit of like a help someone else it's it's such a empowering feeling and like a heartwarming feeling I guess and obviously I love the the environment I train with and so like I want to be at training because I the environment that I'm around is awesome but that part of me knowing that that I can help like help other people with disabilities find an environment like that for themselves to participate in a sport they like it also helps like the drive to keep going. How beneficial is it to train with fellow para-athletes? It's pretty, it's pretty awesome, to especially like the people I train with who have also represented Australia. Like when I was younger, like looking up to them, knowing that that could be me one day was pretty awesome. But also training with other para-athletes, it enables me to push them. Obviously some of the para-athletes I train with are, a bit, are faster than me, but knowing that I could be there one day or I could be running that sport, fast but it also allows us to push each other and support each other because we both know and like we both understand we all understand each other because we all have very similar disabilities all very different disabilities but we all know what our experiences to get to the stage we are at is like so it's like it's it's really a close circle and even training with able bodies athletes they're so supportive too and they want to know and learn about disabilities and just get it out there and get it to the world. So, All of the para-athletes having a similar attitude, do they have a similar attitude to you and wanting to spread awareness and mess- the message that if you have a disability you're not going to be limited and does that sort of bring you guys closer because in a lot of sports there's like the egos and, and stuff like that but yeah. does that help? Yeah, most definitely. Like, obviously, I don't know every individual person's goals and, like, what they want to achieve, but I know one of my, like, one of my closest training friends, Neve, she wants the exact same thing. She, when she came into the sport, there was no, there wasn't very many para-athletes, and that's the same for me. Like, I only knew, like, one or two para-athletes. Like, there was barely any understanding of, like, what a para-athlete was. Like, I didn't even know what my classification was coming into the sport, so... Having the people who want the same things as you do, 
it brings us closer together, of course, because we want to work together to do that. So to work together, we have to be close, I guess you could say, but we want to strive for the best and work together towards the best representation of disabled athletes. Do you have any, like, individual goals for your athletics career or even short term? Well, I mean, my the first, like, when I was younger, the first goal was to represent Australia. And now that I've done that, I obviously would love to do it again. And I guess a goal would be possibly making a Paralympic team. I don't think I'll make Paris 2024. I think that's a bit of a reach, but possibly LA 2028. I'd love to represent Australia at a Paralympic Games and a Paralympic level. And then even a, like a senior Commonwealth Games team would be an awesome goal too. Yeah. When you met, when you medalled for the, the recent Youth Commonwealth Games, yeah. what was the main emotion that you felt after? Oh my, I, I don't even know. Like I just, I felt so, it was just like a whole rush of emotions. Like I just, as soon as I knew that I had came third, I just, like I bursted out in tears. I went and hugged mum. I was like, I think I was just excited and like I was proud that my training had paid off. Like it felt so relieving to know I was rewarded for the hard work that I put, had put in. But there was just, it was just like a whole heap of emotions, to be honest. Like, I don't think I could single-handedly choose one that I felt. I just felt like a cloud of emotions. Like, I was happy, I was excited, yeah. Would a younger version of yourself ever thought that that would have been possible, what you're achieving now? I don't, yeah. Well, like, when I first started playing football, athletics wasn't even in the picture. So, like, to think that that's pretty awesome, but... I always dreamed to represent Australia and, I mean, I didn't even expect to medal. So, like, to medal for Australia and represent my country is something I dreamed for and I'm going to continue to dream for, I guess, in, like, future events and stuff. So, How have all these experiences and having cerebral palsy over your life, how has that shaped you as a person? And you're still 16, you're still yeah. young, but how, how, yeah. is it, how is it shaping you as um, a person? I think it's made me really resilient because, like, the things that I you miss out on, especially, like, being an athlete, you miss out on so many opportunities because you're training or because you're, you're at the gym or you're at an event. Like, I think it's made me resilient to know this will, this will be good. Like, you can do this. I think it's also made me super strong and, like, just, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know how to word have, it, but it's have, just... Have you felt... Like sort of empathetic and non-judgmental towards other people because yeah. you've had your own yeah. difficult experiences. I think everyone like goes through challenges in their life, and everyone experiences life very differently. And it's just like one foot in, I guess, in front of the other, how it is. But we're all here to support each other. I'm all here to love each other. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess it would make me more empathetic. But what sort of self-talk do you use? If you use it, like, with your training and and competition, stuff like that? Well, very positive self-talk. I don't really use it at training, but when I'm on the runway for long jump, I'm telling myself, you can do this, you can do this. And then I go through, like, what I need to do for that jump. So, like, it's, like, kick my legs out. And then as I go to jump, I'm like, come on, come on. So I guess it's really just amping me up and getting me ready to jump. Like, I know I can do this. 
So, yeah, it's, it's a lot of positive encouragement. Are there any sort of misconceptions about cerebral palsy? Because I sort of had a brief idea of what it was, but I had looked into it more today because I'm really interested. But, like, is there sort of, like, misconceptions that, that we, you know, things that we wouldn't know about? That I think it's, like... Not very many people know how different every diff- like person's experiences is with cerebral palsy. And, like, I guess the misconception that we can't do the same things that everyone else can do. Like, I can do exactly what everyone else can do. I can, like, I can, I can go to school. I can, like, I can... There shouldn't be any limits to what we can't, can do just because we have a disability. So I, I guess you could say that is one misconception. People don't believe that we can do the same things but yeah everyone's experience is so different I think people don't understand how different people like what their experiences are with cerebral palsy so like some people most people do have tightness but some people might not feel the fatigue or might not have the spasms or there's like very different experiences with having cerebral palsy that I think not lots of people don't understand which is obviously not their fault because there's so much about it that people want to learn and need to learn. But I think the one misconception is that people don't believe that we can do the same things everyone else can do, if not even better. Like Exactly, yeah. What would your advice be? Obviously, you're role modelling and you're inspiring people with your actions, but what would your advice be to similar people with disabilities and for, like, boys and girls out there around your age? I think you just have to give it a go. Like, it might not be for you. You might not find the sport straight away that you like, even not sporting. You just have to give it a go and try things out. Yeah, like, and just just be proud of yourself for doing it. Yeah, just giving it a go. What have been some of the most challenging times in your athletics career? I don't know. It's very, like, it's not... It's not I haven't had, like, the biggest career. So I'm very much at the start of my journey, I guess, for athletics. Oh, yeah. So my dad got COVID right before a national competition. So I wasn't able to go to nationals. And, like, obviously that was pretty heartbreaking, like, doing all that training to not be able to go. But then not only that, I had appendicitis after, like, just just after the competition. So I had to... I guess, recover from that and, like, it's taking me mostly, like, nearly, like, a year and a half to get back to where I was and then start improving again. So, I guess that was probably the biggest hiccup of, like, my career, I guess you could say, especially with, like, the time off training to recover and then, like, some issues with my recovery and then getting back into it slowly because it's a very slow process coming back from, like, injury I guess you could say. So have you had any times where it's been really emotionally overwhelming? I would say so sometimes like the the work like it's very exhausting training doing school and then like oh should you get a job should you not get a job like it's there's very little time in the week to have my own time catch up with friends and it gets to the point where it's like exhausting like I just need to sit down and I'm, like, emotionally and, like, mentally drained and everything. And then along on top of that, it's, like, my muscles are tight. So it's, like, oh, my legs are really sore, which is quite painful too. So then it's, like, all of that, it, like, just, it's a lot of 
It's like a weight on your shoulders, I guess you could say. How do you so how do you manage all of that with your training? Is that taken into consideration to make sure that you're ad- adequately recovered? Because it's not just the the fact that you have a training load, but then there's yeah. like you've got the school load and yeah. all that, the mental mentally. Yeah. Doing. Like obviously sport wise I prioritise my cool down and my warm up. So I'm properly making sure that my muscles recover well. And then I have like compression boots which help with my recovery but then also making sure that I've had enough sleep I've ate the right food so I see nutritionists to make sure I'm eating the right food and then obviously being celiac I have to make sure that I'm getting enough iron and like all my levels are still good so I'm making sure that I'm eating properly um and then also having making sure I'm having time to see my friends because obviously that is important like I'm having fun with them so it's important to have a social life to make sure I'm having a break And then at school, I have a study period. So that allows me to just catch up on work that I've missed maybe because of an event, which is definitely very helpful because of especially the time I've missed due to the youth con with games, I've been allowed to, I've been able to catch up on schoolwork during those study periods, which is like taking a lot of pressure off because like I have that time to catch up on work as well. We'll get into some some of these audience questions because some really really good ones here. So, the first one I got: Are you glad your mum surprised you with athletics? <laughs> yeah, I said a little bit about that at the start, but I'm very glad. Like, obviously, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have competed for Australia if she didn't put me in that one race. I wouldn't have met like some of my like best friends in through athletics. Like, I wouldn't have met the people I have. I wouldn't have experienced like the team like Australia I wouldn't have like I wouldn't have experienced any of this without without that one one race so yeah couldn't have done it without her how do you cope with self-doubt that's a good one obviously competing there's like some parts that aren't like you don't get the result you want and it's like oh do I do I want to do this do I want to do this event anymore so I guess you just have to – you've got to really tell yourself that, like, there's obviously a reason. There's obviously a reason you didn't perform well that day or there's there's always a reason for everything. And I guess with self-doubt, I know I know that I'm meant to be where I am. Like, I'm – there's a reason I'm I'm at this level because I'm, I'm meant – like, I'm, I've competed well enough to get to this level. So – I just have just got to like tell myself that it's okay and like you're not always going to have the best run ever like every single time. So I guess it's just the positive talk and the people around you obviously they're supporting me they're like always proud of me no matter what like achievement I get and so having that support is also very very good. Yeah. Who is your sporting hero slash inspiration? I'm not like yeah. I don't – people ask this all the time and I'm like, I actually don't – like, I don't know. I don't have, a, like, a one single person, I guess. Like, I'm just, like, inspired by the people around me and, like, how they train and how they work. Like, I'm not – yeah. I don't know. Lots of people have a role model but I'm just – I'm just who I am and it's – it's it's. I guess I could be my own role model and I'm not sure if that's, like, a silly thing or not but, like – being who I want to be in the sport and being who 
what I want to do and like being my own person. So I guess yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Good to hear. Have you had to make sacrifices? I think you sort of touched on this a little bit, but have you had to make sacrifices to concentrate on athletics? Well, yeah, I had to stop footy. Not I didn't have to. Like obviously, I made that decision on myself because it. I was getting some sort of injuries and stuff from it and also it's a contact sport there's always chance of injuries but also like going out with friends before a competition especially like after COVID like I don't want to get sick before I've event like have an event so I'm going to prioritise myself and not go out on like missing school stuff because and missing like especially like missing school obviously sport the level that I was at it was I had to take this opportunity but missing that school is also like there's a big chunk of my education which I will get back and like I'm gonna learn it but having that pressure to catch up while I'm gone and get back to where I am like there's little things I've missed out on because of sport and I obviously wouldn't like I'm grateful where I am and I I don't mind that I've missed those because it's all part of the journey but Sometimes it's like, oh, I just wish I could go. Or I wish I could just miss gym to go hang out with my friends. So. Yeah. So what? what's the self-talk then to prioritise your athletics, like when you can easily, you could easily just skip a gym session and see your friends? Yeah. Obviously, like, my coaches are very, like, they're like, if you want to go hang out with your friends, you can. Like, I'm allowed to miss, I'm allowed to have a break, and obviously that's necessary. But. I guess especially coming out with the medal, this it's just I know with those results, I know it's worth it. And I know every time I get to an event that I'm ready and I've done the best that I could and if missing out, seeing my friends one day is is that's what I wanted need to do, that's what I do. Yeah. What's the best thing about training? Oh, I love training. I love training with the people and my group, Kinetic Track Squad. I love their environment. Like, I'm always just so happy to go there. So, especially, I think the people that I'm surrounded by is the best part. We're always laughing with the loudest people at the track. So, I think that's also the best part. But also, even just running, like, being able to push myself every session to know that I tried the best I could, that's also a very rewarding feeling. So that's also one of my favourite parts about training, but also just pushing with, like, the people around me, like, oh, I've got to try to beat them, like, just as, like, a fun little race. Like, it's great to work with people who are, like, around your times and everything. So that's also one of my favourite parts. Who is your favourite coach? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> How could I choose? I can't choose Beck or Danny. I have to choose them both. So they're both my favourite. I could I could not choose... <laughs> what this is? I think we sort of touched on this, but I reckon it's worth exploring a little bit. If what are some of the difficulties you faced as a disabled person competing? I guess like having to face like a, like challenge, fatigue and recovery, like with events like back on back. So, like if I have a hundred one day and then two hundred the next, I've got to make sure that my muscles are ready to compete the next day and they're not too tired. Obviously, competing, it's a very exhausting and especially having CP. My 
they're so fatigued quicker than, and then the recovery process is longer than an able-bodied athlete would be. So having to make sure that that is okay and then also making sure I'm able to fit like food and like water and rest and recovery all in that short period of time, I guess that is the challenging part. But I guess being surrounded by other people who like are disabled and stuff sorry yeah I guess having to just just like it's mostly recovery and rest I guess would I would find the most challenging having like with events and sort of stuff so I guess that would be the most sort of thing also I had a little shout out here it says shout out for anyone wanting to train 400 meters as Reese is going to need some training partners I think JP JP could work (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Justin Pryor, get in the 400 running. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a question here, which is interesting. How did you qualify for the Commonwealth Games? So the process is very different, like, from able-bodied to para-athletes. So for a- able-bodied, they have to, like, meet the qualifying time. And obviously it's similar for paras, but you have to be internationally classified. So there's national classification and then international classification. And to compete internationally, you have to be internationally classified, which I got internationally classified at in in this at the start of the year at AIS in Canberra. So it's like a it's like a very similar process to national classification, and like the classification process is basically it's yeah you've got to. It's, they're just trying to find what like disability and like what disability you have and what classification you fit into. So obviously I am T thirty eight, which is basically they just have to find one sort of catch in any limb. What's it for you? So I have it in my left side. So I have a catch in my wrist and my leg. I'm pretty sure it's my hamstring and my feet and ankle. And then I have some sort of a catch, but in my shoulder, but. Sometimes that isn't picked up. But, yeah, so you have to be internationally classified. And then, basically, Commonwealth Games, Australia selects you. And then Athletics... Oh, no, so Athletics Australia... Because, obviously, we're not a part of the whole process. But Athletics Australia, I'm pretty sure, puts in names. Obviously, I have to still compete and qualify. So, my thing was from... Nationals, so I came third at nationals, but I was in my age group, I was the only one internationally classified. So then my name got put down, my distance and my event got put down, and then Commonwealth Games Australia has to be like, yep, we'll have her. And then so then I get, and then then that kind of comes, it became, becomes a similar process to the able bodies. Like I have to sign the team agreement and then I have to accept my spot on the team everything so there's like a a bit of a longer process I'm not really too sure about the whole process but it was a very easy process Commonwealth Games Australia made it very very well like it was very well in like I had no knew everything and like everything was very well done yeah so just a couple more questions that, that I have with the whole gratefulness thing do you consciously do anything to make yourself grateful for what you can still do versus like thinking that, you know, there's some things that you can't do? Yeah, so like obviously there's always 
those things that was like, oh, what what could I do if I didn't have a disability? But I do a lot of journaling, gratitude journaling. So even if it's like things to do without my disability, but to know that, yeah, like journaling and then what else do I do? What sort of things do you journal about? Just like um, your athletics or like just so, life? Yeah, so I like to, like on the day of my competitions, I like to journal exactly what I'm going to do. So it's like a bit of like a timetable kind of sort of thing. But then I like to journal about just like school and like just every day, like how I'm feeling. To kind of just like when I go to bed, it's like I can just go to sleep and there's not like 10,000 million thoughts going on like, oh, what could I do this? Like how could I have done this better? So it's like just like little things like how I'm feeling or like just whatever's like if I'm, when I'm holding the pen, whatever just comes out, like that sort of stuff. Yeah. With the fatigue aspect, I often feel like when I'm physically tired, like it's easier for me to f- feel negative and get in those negative trains of thought. So when when you're like physically tired and yeah. you've done a lot of training, is that when you're more likely to enter into these like negative headspace? Yeah, especially even if I've like not performed how I want to perform or training wasn't like, oh, it wasn't the best training day. And then coming home and then I'm, like, exhausted from school and exhausted from training. It's, like, you get those – you ha- when you have that sort of rest period, it's, like, those thoughts definitely come to me. And it's, like, what could I have done? So the fatigue definitely, like, I feel like it can increase that sort of, like, mental and, like, physical exhaustion and, I guess, those negative thoughts. But – it's not that I want to ignore them, but I try to, I guess, like, talk to them, I guess you would say. And that's where, like, the journaling comes in. But then also just, like, if I wanted to have, you know, have a bath, just, like, to relax and just think about it, but do whatever I feel that I need to just relax, I guess you could sort of say. Outside of athletics, what are some of the other things that you enjoy doing? I enjoy... I don't know, athletics takes a big portion of my life, but I do I do enjoy going to school. I do actually enjoy school, but mostly the social part of it. So seeing friends and all that sort of stuff, and then obviously outside of school, I do enjoy seeing friends. I do enjoy playing footy whenever I can. I enjoy... I love cooking. I love to cook. Not really cooking, but I like to bake. So Bake, bake some bake. cakes for JP. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's actually my younger brother that gets most of it. But, yeah, I have to hide some of the stuff, actually. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, I just, like, yeah, I enjoy keeping active. Just, yeah, doing whatever. What's your, like, routine at the moment for athletics? How many days a week do you Um, train? So, at the moment, obviously, I've just come back. So, it's not as full on at the moment. But I do, Monday's my rest day. And then Tuesday, I'm at the track. And I do, that's like usually like a shorter session, so a sprint sort of session. And then Wednesday's gym and then Thursday is again track, which is more of a longer distance session. Obviously not longer distance, like I'm not a long distance runner, but it's short, it's further than what I would usually run. Did you do some cross country stuff? Yeah, so I did cross country. I haven't really done much this year, obviously, because of the selection, the Com Games, but I just kind of did that for fun and just it was like another experience but do you feel like you need to like specialize now because it must be like yeah if you're training for 
you know, yeah. it's hard if you're training for like long distance. Long distance. So yeah, that's why I've kind of stopped doing that. It was just like, did it for school and then I was like, oh, I'll just try it. So now it's mostly shorter stuff and then long jump stuff. So before the Com Games, it was like Monday rest, Tuesday was sprints and then Wednesday was gym and then Thursday was sprints again with some jumps. Um, and then Friday was a jump session. Saturday was gym and then Sunday was another track session, which was either sometimes we did jumps and then sometimes we did sprints. And that's like mostly the schedule that I follow at the moment which or what I'll get back into. So, yeah, train every day except Monday, which is it's some can, sometimes can be exhausting, but the people I'm around like with at training make it fun, so I'm, I always want to be there. Yeah, that's good. So how does it feel to have a WA record? Oh, that's pretty cool too. It's cool to see your name like on the list, like when you're scoring through. It's like oh, under under fifteen record. It's like it's cool. It's it's a cool thing to have your name there, and it's something I guess you'd never be able to explain the feeling. But it's pretty pretty exciting seeing your name up there. So, last question I got is. What are you most looking forward to in not just your athletics, but obviously you're still really young, but in life? I think graduating high school would be really cool and then going to uni, but I'd also love to travel so that once I work a little bit, but I'd love to explore the world and obviously doing athletics, hopefully that I can explore the world while doing something that I love to do. So that would be pretty exciting. But I also love to just have get do a career outside of athletics so I want to go into paramedics so hopefully like that could be a goal that I reach towards too yeah just like I guess loving every single bit of life and just doing things that I like to do and love to do yeah it's good to hear the last segment on my show is turntables so I asked JP to tell you to come up with a question so what do you got (laughs) Do you see this, like, podcast being a future job or anything? That's a good question. Yeah. Straight to the point. Yeah. Yes and no. I'm in my last semester of uni in my undergrad for psychology. And then I might be almost likely going down, like, post-grad study to become a qualified psych. But obviously the podcast is still in the early stages. This is episode 25 and only done it for nine months and in the grand scheme of things I I often look at the the people who are quite popular and making money from all this stuff they've been doing it for two three four years five years and it's easy for me to get like a little bit down because it's still like in the in the early stage and it's still starting to go but I do want to make money off what I do not just for the fact that – more for the fact that – so then I can put more time into it and it be, can become, like, justifiable because I yeah. do put a lot of time into this stuff. But when you don't get money for it, the, I just do it for the benefit of myself and other people and providing good content. But when it, when I can start to monetize the podcast, it'll be, it'll be really good because then, I, cause then you never know what opportunities could come and then I could start to – but I, like I said, I'm just, just taking it one day at a time and whatever comes – in the future but to answer your question with one word hopefully yeah (laughs) (laughs) all right that's that's all i got unless there's anything else you want to you want to talk about did you enjoy playing footy with jp (laughs) yeah definitely um sucks i won't be able to won't be playing 
too much more with him. I'll be leaving leaving him. But uh, I will be watching J- <laughs> JP in the finals. But, no, nah, I've loved playing with JP. And, yeah. <laughs> that was a request of question from Justin, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did, he, uh, did JP tell you about his runner-up in the the BNF for the competition? This year or? So he won last year yeah, in the Colts. Yeah, he did win. I was very proud of him. <laughs> does he does he tell you his nickname? What's his nickname? John Lowe. Oh yeah, I have heard this a few times. John Lowe. <laughs> heard this a few times. <laughs> That's gold. But he, yeah. he did get he did get second. But can we have a prediction for the best and fairest? Do you reckon he'll take home the chocolates and the reserves? Oh, well, that would be pretty exciting. I'd, I'd love him to take home the win. What do you think? That, we reckon the boys in the reserves can get the premiership this year? Uh, I reckon it's a high chance. I reckon I reckon there's always a ch- opportunity. I have, actually haven't been to very many games, oh. <laughs> but I think there's always a chance, and I hope they hope they bring home the flag. So Yeah, I'll back them in. Yeah. All right, thanks for coming on, Reese. It was a great chat. Thank and you for good. having me. Yeah, no worries. Good to hear from you, and hope you guys enjoyed that episode. Thanks for listening, guys. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.